Welcome back, everyone, to the Nothing But Sports Podcast. This is episode 13. I'm Rahel Jaswal. Um, today, we got not as much as we normally do. We've got the some news on the NBA and, of course, our normal Giants uh, preview and the other most important or more most interesting games, in my opinion, of week eight or of week nine of the NFL season. Man, this season has flown by. So let's get it started. The, um, the NBA has announced that they will be doing a 72-game season. Um, starting December 22nd, same format, just 72 games instead of, for those who don't know, normal NBA season is 82 games, so 10 games less than the season before, and I don't think they're going to be fans in attendance, which I'm okay with, I'm happy, safety first, and they said that the reason they're going to do 72 games, with the 72 games, there'll be no NBA All-Star game, which I'm perfectly okay with, uh, I know the NBA All-Star game is a great showcase game, but, and last year there was actually defense and it was competitive, but I'm just, you know, not that keen usually on the All-Star game. Um, I'm keen on All-Star weekend, but I don't know if that's going to happen at this point, if there's going to be that mid-season break at this point because of the because the season's a little short, and so who knows. And they want to finish it up in June because they want to get the athletes ready and prepared for the Olympics, which is a good thing by them. So... Yeah, I don't know if there's gonna I don't know if there's gonna be an all all star game if there's gonna be all star game all star weekend actually I'm not sure so we, I don't know if we'll have a three point contest slam dunk contest skills challenge any of that stuff so we'll see what the NBA decides to do with that going forward because to my knowledge so far they haven't said anything about it and as far as the season starting in December I'm okay with it uh, because a lot of people say that the NBA season doesn't really pick up pace till we hit Christmas time so the so three ga- three days before couple days before christmas the season kicks off which which is a great move by them uh i think it was great shortening it to 72 games and they're saying after this they'd hopefully likely go back to the normal schedule the normal october april schedule but if this goes well i wouldn't be opposed of this of making it a 72 game season starting in december i'm okay with it it's it's still a decent amount of time pretty long you're not cutting the season like the MLB did it from 162 to 60, you're cutting it from 82 to 72, which, you know, those 10 games at the end of the season, yeah, they could be, they're obviously very important, they're important, but, you know, it's not that huge of a gap, and so I like, I like it, um, uh, and I think this could be the new schedule going forward, which will be really interesting to see if the NBA decides to keep this 72-game season, because I'm all for it, I'm all for it, we'll see how it goes, 72-game season, smaller season, you risk uh, less risk of players getting injured after uh, in a shortened season, obviously. So that's that's good. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait for it. Uh, I can't wait for the NBA. We'll see what happens. We'll see also what happens with the free agency and draft. I don't know when free agency will kick off. I know training camp for the season starts December first, but they have not anticipated when free agency and the draft will take place. That'll be the one thing that they'll have to decide. And also, once they finish up, they finish up in June on time, then they can go back to the April schedule. So. That's my little spiel about that. Now let's get into primarily the main part of this episode today, which is the uh, which is the NFL season. NFL, well, week nine preview. So we're going to start off with our normal Giants preview. So the Giants uh, actually played a pretty good game on Monday night. The Giants always seem to do this. They always seem to play up to their potential, up to their competition. When they play good teams, they tend to keep it close a lot. Um, they've kept, especially whenever Tom Brady's on the other side of the field, it's something always about Tom Brady against the New York Giants that brings the best out of the Giants, which is great because they could they should have won that game. Um, it was really extremely frustrating to watch how bad Daniel Jones was in that game. I mean, it was horrible. The throws that he missed and the turnovers that he simply continues to commit. Um, I've I've come on here and I've defended Daniel Jones a lot, saying, you know, he's a good QB. 
Sometimes he just hasn't had his weapons fully healthy, which is true. He hasn't had Saquon Barkley for the remainder of this, for the whole season, for essentially the whole season. But uh, that is inexcusable, that. And I don't know if I can defend him any longer after that. And soon, sooner or later, the Giants are going to start to look looking for Justin Fields in the draft. Quarterback from Ohio State, he looks great because Trevor Lawrence says he has no, they say that he has no anticip, uh, no pr- plan to return to Clemson. So he'll probably go to the Jets. And uh, that'll leave the Giants with Justin Fields in. At this point, it looks like they're gonna take him. They're gonna take him because uh, Daniel Jones just—he can't play like that. He can't. He can't. It's just, it's just, it's just inexcusable with how like it it it, it blows my mind how he can constantly make the same mistake over and over again. That's the definition I think of insanity: is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. Now, I, and yes, he made he made uh, some brilliant plays, some lovely plays in the last drive, and that last throw to Golden Tate was brilliant, which just shows you how you know his athletic gift and how how much potential he has. But I mean, the two interceptions. First of all, those two they were drive killers. Um, they were both, I think, in the Tampa Bay side of the field, and they both gave new life to the Buccaneers because the drive that the that to start the second half I think was the first turnover, and the Giants were driving up fourteen to three. So they had the they, he had a chance to to put to put the nail in the coffin against this defense who had been playing great. The Buccaneers defense had been playing out of their mind, but it kind of been humbled by the Giants in the first half, giving up 14 points. And the Giants were moving the football well. They were able to, to you know do a lot of you know kind of spread out the offense. You know they're able to run the football a bit, then go back to the passing game. Quick passes to Daniel Jones, quick slants, get the ball out quickly. Not have uh, not have the Buccaneers put too much pressure on him. And the one time they do put pressure on him, he just he just tries to all arm it towards the sideline, and it ends up coming too short and gets picked off. Like in that situation, you can all arm it, but you got to all arm it out of bounds to where you can live to fight another down, especially in that situation. Now, the end of the game, you know, the plays that he make where he's off bounds and he's just throwing it up, hope and prayer. I mean, that that's okay with because you got to do something. You can't just throw it away then, but um, on fourth downs. But I mean that. That just shows you it. It does. I don't understand why he continues to do that, and he makes the same mistake over and over and over again. And you know, that's what Jason Garrett has been trying to say. You know, just take care of the football. I, it's one week. It's the fumbles. One week. It's the interceptions. You know, I don't. I don't know, man. It's just every week there seems to be something that's wrong with him, and I don't know what. I don't know what to do. One week it's the offensive line not blocking for him. He's getting killed back there, and all of a sudden he fumbles it away. Then other days the offensive line is giving him good protection, like they did relatively last on Monday night, and he just throws careless and stupid interceptions. Like I'm there screaming at the TV, and so is everyone else. Throw it away, throw it away, throw it away. You have no chance at that. You are not that talented. You are not Lamar Jackson. You are not going to escape. You don't have the arm strength of Patrick Mahomes. You are not that type of talent for how good you are. You're just not. You can't make those plays. You got to throw it away at that point. And that's the thing. I mean. Slow. Talk about slow learning. I mean, this is unbelievable how many turnovers he's coming. Like at least when Eli Manning was playing, yeah, he'd committed a lot of turnovers, but he knew when to throw the football away. Like I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I just don't understand it. And then you know, a lot of people are gonna point. Well, you know, the refs with that, you know, that last minute call on the two point conversion. But I'm gonna blame Daniel Jones for that last minute two point conversion because go back and watch the replay. Watch the replay. Look how long it takes for him to get that football out. Look how long it takes for him to throw that football to Deion Lewis. If he throws that football well early or on time, that is an easy walk-in two-point conversion. But for some reason, he decides to hold it and give Anton Anton Winfield a chance at swooping across to the other side of the field and end up breaking up the pass. 
Also, not only was the throw late, it was extremely inaccurate. Those throws are supposed to go to the pylon, where the receiver is supposed to reach out over, grab it, and pull it acro- and put it across the plane and kind of walk it in. He th- he decided to throw it, you know, into Deion Lewis's body, which is okay, and that's okay. But when you have another guy coming across the field, you can't be throwing it into his body. You got to be throwing it away so your receiver can go and make so your the intended target can go and make a play. It, it, and that's where those balls should be. If you're going to throw it into the body, you got to get it out extremely early, which I would have been okay with if he threw it into the body and it was extremely early because then it would have been easy walk-in too. But he made that play difficult on himself, and he put it in the ref's hands. You don't want to put the game in the ref's hands because the refs, when it's when the game is in their hands, there's going to be a mistake. Now, was that pass interference? I don't know. It's a bang-bang play. I mean, he threw the flag. They threw the flag. They picked it up. I don't know. It's a bang-bang play. I'm not going to complain about that. Anyway. Let's get to this week versus Washington. Sorry about the little the little rant there, but it just blows my mind. Um, I'm going to pick the Giants to win. I haven't done that much this season, but Washington seems to be the only team Daniel Jones can beat at this point um, in his career. I mean, what other team has he beat besides Washington? The only one I can think of off the top of my head is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in his opening start. I mean, that's the only other team I think he's beaten besides besides the Washington football team or the Redskins at that point. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Is there any other team that he's beaten? I don't think so. Um, so I think they'll get it. I think they'll get their second one in the season. Um, they'll get the season sweep against Washington. But, I mean, there's really no point to be excited anymore as a Giants fan about this season just because, you know, this team does not deserve to be 1-7. You know, they could have, they could have, they should have beaten Philadelphia. It's 2-6. They should have beaten, they should have beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week if Daniel Jones had just made one good throw to Darius Slayton downfield. That's three and five, and if you can make you can make the argument, sure that they played well and they could and they should have beaten Dallas. You know that one's sort of a toss up, but you know that that's four and four then, and it's I mean, and then if you really want to, you can maybe give them the loss in the one game they won to Washington. So that's three and five. They could be at three and five on the season right now, and at three and five, that would put you in second place, uh, half a game back of the Eagles for first place in the division. And if they had just beaten Philadelphia. They had just held on to that lead against the Eagles on Thursday night. They'd be in. We would. They would be sitting two and six, one game back of Philly, and have the, and have them coming up next week. So it. And if the, you know, it's just it, it's so disappointing because if they had beaten Philadelphia, and they won this week, and pending the Eagles' result, and if they had beaten the Eagles next week, they could have been tied for the division. But coulda, shoulda, woulda. Here we are. Um, I'll pick them to beat Washington. Um, Washington right now is in the middle of a QB crisis. Uh, we, uh, with Dwayne Haskins, he's probably not going to start. So they're probably going to start Kyle Allen. Um, uh, we'll see what Ron Rivera, if he coaches any different, because he really coached them. He, if he had just gone for the extra point, they would have gone overtime. They most likely would have won the game. So we'll see if his coaching style changes. I doubt. I think he's going to be aggressive. Uh, I liked what Jason Garrett did with the play calling last week. I know there were a couple questionable calls, like the third and ten screen, but um, you know there were a couple other good calls. The uh, the pass from Golden Tate across the field, and then Sterling Shepard ran with it. Um, there was a couple good calls that he made, so I hope that he continues that. And I like Joe Judge. I don't think he deserves to be fired. I think he deserves to stay. He's got the guys playing hard and motivated. I haven't seen the Giants play this motivated and hard when they're not good since, I don't know, in a while, three, four years, the last time we made the playoffs. I haven't seen him playing this hard since then. So, um, yeah, uh, let's go with the final score. Let's go 21-20. Let's go something like 21-20. Something like that. I feel like it's going to be just one of those games that's sloppy and stagnant. Giants are probably not going to do much on offense. They're probably going to get maybe 
one or two turnovers in the red in and get the ball in Washington. To, Washington's probably going to turn the ball over one or two times in their own territory, and then the Giants are probably going to take advantage of that. But, um, yeah, but if they lose, I wouldn't be surprised. And at this point, you know, I'd just be angry. But the season is over for the Giants at this point. It's time to start looking forward towards the draft and what they do now. Throughout the whole season, they're going to look as to whether or not Daniel Jones can prove himself, make the big plays. And it's it's essentially going forward for the rest of the season. It's going to be making up... Um, Will Daniel Jones be the QB or will it be Justin Fields? And then who knows? Or maybe you don't. If you don't take Justin Fields, do you go offensive tackle at this point? Because we've seen how horrible Andrew Thomas is looking. So who knows if they want to reach that for an offensive line that early in the draft? Um, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, sorry, I'm sound a little dejected, but just there's nothing really much to be hopeful for about the Giants going forward. Uh, let's move on to the uh, most notable or best games of the Week Nine season. Uh, let's get it started. Seahawks and Bills. Seahawks six and one, Bills six and two. I'll take the Seahawks. Uh, Russell will let Russ cook. I mean, it's it's simple as that. Let him cook. DK Metcalf has turned himself into an incredibly talent, into a top five wide receiver, top ten wide receiver. I could make the argument that you know in a couple of years, DK Metcalf will be the best receiver in football. You know, people have been comparing him to you know Calvin Johnson, some to Terrell Owens. I mean, the the this man that he's an athletic freak at that point. You saw the way he chased down Buda Baker on that interception. He's huge, so he's a great target in the red zone. He just lines up in the slot, or whether no, he just lines up out wide, flanking right or left, and goes into the inside and just stands on the goal line with the defender draped over him, and you can't defend him. And even that, you just can't defend him because he's too strong and big. It's he's like a tight end in the red zone. It's unbelievable, and the speed he possesses. You know, Tyler Lockett is also a sneakily very good wide receiver. You know, he's hum- Tyler Lockett's humble enough to sit back and be the number two, but on a lot of teams, he'd be a sneaky number one, and he has the ability. He's so consistent. So I'm going to take Seattle. Buffalo has not looked good in the last couple of weeks. They barely got by New England with Cam Newton and Cam Newton. You know, Cam Newton had the late fumble, and I still point back to the game against the Jets where they did not score a touchdown, and they still won. You know, that's concerning. Uh, Josh Allen does not look as good as he had in the beginning of the season where he could have been considered in the MVP voting. Not anymore. I'm going to take the Seahawks to win easily. They improved to 7-1. and one. Let's go now Cardinals and Dolphins. Now, a couple years ago, in the last couple seasons, you'd be like, oh, why are you looking at this game, Cardinals and Dolphins? Well, now the Cardinals are 5-2 and two under the only team to beat the Seahawks this year. And the Dolphins are, you know, are... Four and three, and have a very good defense. I'm pretty sure the Dolphins have given up the fewest points on defense this season. They're the best defense when it comes to not allowing scores. I think they've only given up 143. Well, yeah, they did shut out the Jets, and but you see what they did to that Rams offense. And you see what they did. You know the turnovers in the special teams. You know the kick return touchdown. That Dolphins team is not to be taken. Is no longer a pushover, and now they have two at the helm. So they have their QB. Yeah, Tua didn't play great on his debut but um i still have faith in him you can't judge him based off one game and i'm gonna but the question is do i pick them to win Mm, no i don't pick him to win i pick arizona to win i'm taking kyler murray i'm a firm believer in kyler murray they're probably going to the playoffs this year i was stupid not to i was stupid to not put them at the playoffs in the beginning of the season um deandre hopkins is deandre hopkins got good receivers all around um, Kenyon Drake is a decent to good running back, and we'll see what his status going forward is with injury. But then Chase Edmonds is a great backup running back and also can be u- utilized in the passing game. So I'm going to take the Cardinals to win this one. Let's go 17. Actually, let's go 20 to 13. 
I don't think Tua's going to do enough on offense in his second start. Uh, just, just, I just don't think he's going to do enough in his second start. So I'm going to take the Cardinals to win this one. Let's go to Ravens and Colts. Another really interesting one. <clears throat> Both teams are 5-2. and two. Uh, Ravens coming off that tough, very tough loss versus Pittsburgh. Um, you know, a lot of people are going around saying Lamar Jackson, oh, he can't win the big games, but that, you know, that statement's really, if you look at it, not true. You know, last year he beat the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. He beat the undefeated Patriots on Sunday Night Football. He beat the 10-1 San Francisco 49ers last year. He beat the 5-1 and Seattle Seahawks at Century Lake Field. So I'm not going to come out here and say that Lamar Jackson can't win the big games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he has, a t- you know, a lot of people are going to point to the two playoff losses, but I wouldn't put them all on him. I'd put the first one on him. Second one was a little bit tricky because he threw that high ball in the first quarter. It went off the hands of Mark Andrews, ends up being intercepted. And also, where are the wide receivers at, huh? Besides Hollywood Brown and uh, Mark Andrews, who who does he have in the passing game? Tell me, where's the where's the wide receiver? I know you signed Des Bryant off the practice squad, but it's probably going to be a decent amount of time before he gets up. So where are you... Where are you? Where are you throwing? Who? Who's he throwing to? Huh? Are you gonna try and trade for OBJ? Is that? Is it? Or um? You know what are you gonna do? Tell me. Uh. So who do I pick to win? Colts have got a very good defense. Um. Philip Rivers is playing pretty well for his age. You know they're both five and two. I'm gonna take the Ravens to win just because I feel like their defense is gonna get enough pressure on Philip Rivers. If you rattle and get in the face of Philip Rivers, he'll he'll throw you a couple interceptions, and then all of a sudden he gets off his rhythm. So I think the Ravens are going to be able to do that. They're going to probably dial up a lot of blitzes again, and I think they're going to win this game because of it. Um, Lamar Jackson, yeah, he committed for four turnovers. I think he's going to do enough on the offensive end. They're going to win this game. Let's go 21-16. They're going to win this game 21-16. Although the Col- I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts pulled off the upset, but I'm going to go with the Ravens. Uh, we're quickly moving the- through these. Um, Bears and Titans. Bears lost a heartbreaker to the Saints, 26-23 in overtime at home. I versus the now who they have Titans. Um, Titans lost had a surprising loss to the Bengals. Now they've lost two straight. They're five and two. Kind of a humbling game. You know, you can't just rely on Derrick Henry. Um, who am I gonna take? You see, I've always come out and said with the Bears, you know, you can pick them to beat almost anyone just because of how good their defense is and how good they are in the red zone. They just don't allow you to score touchdowns. They hold you to field goals. They held New Orleans to 26 points, which means they only scored two touchdowns. They probably got down to the red zone a decent amount of times. Um, one of them came up empty-handed when Will Lutz missed that field goal. So I'm going to uh, I'm gonna lean with the Titans. I'm going to lean with the Titans because, you know, uh, every time I've picked the Titans to lose, they've ended up winning. And I always say a team's going to neutralize Derrick Henry, but I don't think it's possible to neutralize Derrick Henry this point because of um, the amount of time to get to the football in his hands he's gonna break one off and you'd think that he's probably gonna average you know he's probably gonna go for 80 85 90 yards uh when it comes to rushing and then he can also get loose in the passing game which is scary scary when you throw him the screens so expect a lot of those so i'm gonna take the titans but um you know if you put pressure on ryan Tannehill, yeah he can run but it's not it's extremely hard for him but again that bears offense is just too suspect at this point i mean it's just too suspect. I mean, you look at the numbers, honestly. They were they were doing better under Mitchell Trubisky in the first couple games. Yes, they've played better defenses, but still. I mean, is you know, people are saying, should they bench Nick Foles and go back to Trubisky? But that they can't do that. They just can't do that because it, it messes with the player's psyche. So Nick Foles is, is going to be the guy going forward for the rest of the season. And can they and can they score enough points on offense? They have a brilliant defense, and that's the reason they're sitting at 5-3 and three right now and why they had a chance against New Orleans. But... 
the the offense is just too suspect at this point in time, and I'm not going to take them until they prove to me that the offense can, can pr- produce on a consistent basis. I'm going to go with the Bears to win this one. Let's go, again, Bears defense, probably not going to give up many points. Let's go with a score of 28-13. to 13. Let's go with that, 28-13. Derrick Henry gets his maybe one, two touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill has a bounce-back game, probably has a decent QBR. And the Titans improve to five, oh, six and two now. And the last game, obviously, the big Sunday night game, the return of Antonio Brown to the NFL. The Saints and the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are six and two. Saints are five and two. But Buck, um, but Buccaneers haven't had the bye week yet. Um, so essentially, they're both the same record going. Essentially, um, uh, important to let know. This is probably going to be for the division. If the Saints win this game, I think they're going to win the division um, because the Saints won week one, which is big. So let's say entering the final weekend of the season, the Saints are, I don't know, let's say the Saints are 11 and, you know, let's go, let's say the Saints are 10 and five right now. And the Buccaneers are also, are, are the Buccaneers are nine, nine and six or something. Then they essentially have a two game lead on the, on this the Saints essentially have a two-game lead on the Buccaneers because they beat them. They would have beaten them twice and have the the head-to-head in the season. So that's this is a big game because if the Buccaneers are gonna because if the Buccaneers are gonna win this game, I think they're gonna win the division. I think the Saints will go to the playoffs, but they're gonna win the division. Um, as of now, the Buccaneers are the better team at this point. I don't know if Michael Thomas is gonna play. Um, let's see, Michael Thomas is he gonna play? I mean, he has been out. You know, he's had an ankle injury. He's been. So many things. He's been, you know, he's been he punched a teammate. Uh, Saints expect Michael Thomas to play versus the Buccaneers. Okay. Um, Chris Godwin is still questionable. They expect him to play though. But Antonio Brown is back. He's back in the NFL, and this, it'll be his first game back since being cut by New England last year in Week Two. And it's, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be a, it's gonna be difficult for the Saints to stop him. Saints have a good defense. Uh, usually you're not gonna be able to run on the Saints defense, but you don't need to run the football when you have Tom Brady and that offense. Gronk is probably going to get his couple touches in there. And I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win this game. I've doubted them versus the Packers. They are the better team than the Saints. You can make the argument that they're the best team in the NFC. Uh, I don't know if you push them against Seattle. Who knows comes out on top there. But you can make the argument that they're the better team. Uh, best team in the NFC. And the Saints are not as good as they used to be. You know, 5-2. and two, they, they figured out it. I said they. I said they figured it out. They figured it out. They've won four straight games, but they need Michael Thomas if they're going to win this game. Uh, also, another thing to look for: Drew Brees and Tom Brady going back to back and forth in the uh, in the all-time touchdown receiving touchdown most touchdown passes thrown. Uh, last time Tom Brady played him though in Week One, he threw two interceptions and a pick six, and there was a lot of careless errors. But that's because it was a Week One game. Now that the Buccaneers are in full flow in this offense, they're going to probably come out and. Do a good job. Although I am very concerned with how the Giants held them to 25 points. Uh, they came out flat-footed and making so many mistakes. Brady missed some easy throws, but everyone has dud weeks here and there. So I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win this game 31-24. It's going to be a decent game. I think it'll be 31-17 like that, and then the Saints will score a late touchdown with like a minute left to make the score more respectable. Uh, the Buccaneers are the better team right now. They're the best team in that division. Probably one of the best teams in football right now. Saints are just kind of hanging on by a thread. This would be the knockout punch in kind of giving the Buccaneers the division unless they lose a couple stunning games and New Orleans is able to maybe win out or only lose one. Uh, But yeah, I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win this game. 
But it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game. Uh, probably a lot of offense, but Tampa Bay is going to actually maybe not even a lot of offense. Who knows with how well that Buccaneers defense can play? We'll know. We'll see if they can get put put pressure on Drew Brees. Who who's going to be able to? Put, it's it's going to come down to who can be who can put the most pressure on the opposing QB. Because uh, if you give Brady and Brees time, they're they're going to pick you apart. So can the set that Saints pass rush get uh, pressure on Tom uh, on Tom Brady and can the Patriot uh, not Patriots can the Buccaneers pass rush get pressure on Drew Brees? That's going to be the key. Um, but yeah, that is going to do it for this episode of the Nothing But Sports podcast, and I'll see you guys next week.